Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. We have been, uh, throughout this summer, we have been doing a series, sort of, kind of a scattered series, in which we, um, as a church, at the beginning of the year, and we do this every year, actually, we make available to you uh, Bible reading plans. And um, it's a different one from time to time, but, but the idea is, uh, you know, some people like to follow their own plan, and that's fine, but for those of you that, that don't have your own plan that you follow, the idea is that you, that we as a church can be reading the scriptures together. And so that the same day that I'm reading a certain passage is the same day that you're reading a certain passage. And, and there's a, a connection that we have. And maybe, uh, you know, it's, it's nice as a family or something, if you're, if you're doing this, that you, can, that you can talk about what you've been reading and things like that. So this year, this summer, what we've been doing is each week we have been going through and just pulling one of, the, one of the chapters or one of the stories from the New Testament portion of the reading that we've been doing as a church and, and spending some time and doing that with our sermon. And it just so happens that this is our final Sunday of doing this series. Next, next Sunday is, is the end of summer, at least as far as the church calendar goes. And so we're going to start a new series. And it just so happens that, that our passage from one of our passages from this week has been Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. So, Hebrews 4:12 and 13. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So I want us to talk about the sword this morning. I want us to talk about the word of God and what it means for the word of God to be as a sword, to be alive and active. So put this away. Uh, you can tell, I don't know if you've noticed this, you can tell that this is not a sharp sword. Um, I probably would hurt myself if it was, but it's not... If you have a sharp sword, don't handle it the way that I've been handling it. Um, so we're talking about the Word of God, God's revelation to us. Um, and this, this is what I want us to, to begin with, that, that this Word that we have here, that, that the Scriptures, uh, the passage we read earlier, all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is, is from God's mouth. And there's all sorts of discussion and debate as to what exactly that means. There are people on one far, far side of things that say, for all scripture to be God breathed, what that really means is that, that the, the, people who, um, the people who wrote the scriptures, it was written by, the, the, by human hands, but God, essentially these people that were writing, they, they didn't know what they were writing. They were sort of in a trance, and that, that God just sort of gave them the words and they didn't know. Then there's people on the, far, on the other end of the spectrum that say, what this really means is that that the human authors really wrote, just sat down and, and wrote 
what they felt needed to be written. And that God kind of said, oh, that's that's good. I'll, I'll keep that one. Um, and then there are other authors that were writing things that God said, I don't want to keep that. But the, the things that were preserved were the things that God said, yes, this is this is something I want to hang on to. We well, I should say I um, and, and I believe we as a church fall in, in the middle of that. That it's, it's not just people in, in a trance writing something that they don't understand. Uh, there, there are parts of it, I'm sure, that they didn't understand. But it's not, also not just a totally human effort that God just says, okay, we'll, we'll hang on to that one. That, there, that there's a balance. That somehow God is using human individuals. And so God uses a man like Paul to write portions of Scripture. God uses a man like Peter. God uses someone like Mark to write portions of Scripture. And, and so the scripture takes on the personality and the characteristics of, of Mark or Paul or Peter, but it's also that God is using and, and giving them the words to speak and to write. So there's, there's a sense that there's a balance. And so, and so when you read, this is why we have four Gospels, that each of the Gospels is coming from a different perspective, coming from a different human perspective, but that God is using... Uh, these men to write and so he's giving them the words and so we believe that that when it says all scripture is god breathed we believe that this is this is every single word of scripture is from god that it's not just we kind of take the ideas of scripture and we sort of go with those but it's it's the words themselves that that are from god and so god god wrote uh god has given us this scripture um some one of our recent confirmation students michael cheney um the, the Old Testament, what language was the Old Testament written in? What language was the Old Testament written in? Hebrew, good. Uh, what, Alex, what language was the New Testament written in? Greek, Greek. good. Hebrew and Greek. Why, why was the Old Testament written in Hebrew? Just because? Because that's what they spoke, right? Why was, why was the New Testament written in Greek? Because that's what they spoke. Very good. Um, this is, and this is really important as we think about God's revelation to us. We think about what the scriptures are um, to us. That the, the Old Testament was written to and, and given to specifically at the time was get, given to the people of Israel. This is the language that they spoke. It was, it was written in Hebrew because they, they spoke Hebrew. God gave his revelation in a language that they would understand. And then as the New Testament is written, the world is speaking the Greek language. And so the New Testament is written in Greek because this is the language that people understood. God gave his scriptures in a way that, that they were meant to be understood and known. Um, and so he, and he writes them in their language. So this is the first idea. Second, Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you want to turn to Genesis 1. It's at the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. 
Verse 6, And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above. And it was so. Verse 9, And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And the the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, And God speaks, and it is so. One of the things that I want us to remember this morning as we talk about the Word of God, the Word of God creates. So God's Word speaks, and it is so. God's Word brings life about. Uh, Turn to the New Testament, John chapter 1. John is, I believe, playing off of the beginning of Genesis as he begins his gospel in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Who is he, who, who's the word that he's talking about, that John is talking about? Jesus. And so the word of God in Genesis 1 creates, the word of God in John 1 uh, creates as well, but it, but as we read the gospel story and we understand what it was that Jesus was doing, we see that the, the Word of God also recreates. The Word of God saves. The Word of God redeems. And so as we turn back to Hebrews chapter 4, and we read these words, For the Word of God is alive and active. We understand what's happening here. The Word of God is moving. The Word of God is not just a static thing that has been written down in a book. But the Word of God is alive and active. It creates, it recreates, it saves, it does something. It's moving. It's active. It shapes us. And the authority of this, as we talk about Scripture, again, the the authority of Scripture comes not from this thing in and of itself, but it comes from the fact that it is the Word of God. The authority that Scripture has is the authority that God has given it by speaking. And so this this Word that creates, this Word that recreates, this Word that saves, this is what we're talking about. We're talking, about, we're talking about the Word that creates the world, but we're also talking about the, world, the Word that saves us, Jesus Christ. And we're talking about the Word of God, the Scriptures. It's alive and active. So let's talk about how it's like a sword. Um, oftentimes, you, we can read this verse, and I think sometimes my tendency is to read this verse, and we, we read... Uh, that the Word of God is like a sword, and we think of it how? Like a weapon, right? That somehow we are to go around and we're attacking people with Scripture. 
We, we run them through with our Bibles, or maybe we hit them over the head with them until they believe, they believe what God's Word says. I want to propose a, a different way of understanding this. As, as the author of Hebrews is writing to these people, he's not telling them, uh, use this as a weapon and go out and fight, the, fight um, all, the, all the enemies with God's word and just and start hitting them with it or attacking them with it. I think the idea here is not that we, we point it at others, but that we point it at ourselves. And I can't do that because this is a long sword. Um, and I'll probably hurt myself. Um, it's, it's not that we point it at others. It's what is the word doing in us? How is the word alive and active? How is the sword turned and used against us in our lives? Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I'm reminded of, uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia, the first, the first book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The children are, are preparing to meet Aslan. And, and one of the children asks, is he safe? Is the lion safe? And, and Mr. and Mrs. Beaver say, of course he's not safe. He's, he's dangerous. He's a, he's a lion. But he's good. And this, this is how we ought to think of Scripture. This is how we ought to think of this sword. Is it safe? No. But it's good. And here's what I mean by that. Dividing, penetrating even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. That the Word of God in its, in its uh, living, livingness as, as it is alive, the Word of God has the power and the ability to cut straight to the heart. The power and the ability to, to pull away all of those things in our lives that we set up uh, to hide from God. All the things in our lives that we use to control who, who we want to be and to control what we have, the Word of God has that ability to strip it all away. And so when it talks about uh, joints and marrow, there's this idea of the joints could also be translated as the idea of, of the fat uh, or, or possibly the prosperity was one commentator said. One commenter said. And so the idea that Scripture has the ability to peel away the facade of our lives, the ways in which we hide ourselves from what God wants for us. Scripture has this ability to peel it away, to strip us of all of those things which, seek, which we seek to, to build up prevent us from doing what God would have us to do. And so, and so it's dangerous. Scripture says everything is uncovered and laid bare. Cutting to our very heart and soul, the Scripture as we read it, as we open ourselves up to it, has the ability 
to strip away everything that keeps us from God. These things that keep us comfortable, these things that keep us feeling like we have control of our lives, the Scriptures have the ability to pull it all away. If we let it, if we let it, God will use His Word to cut away all that doesn't belong. And this, this is important as we talk about Scripture. That we actually come to Scripture with an openness to hear what it is that God is saying to us. Because oftentimes what happens when we, when we approach the Scriptures, um, and, I, and this, is, this is true for me, I know, is that what I'm doing really when I read God's Word is I'm looking for something to affirm what I already know to be true. And we're looking for something that says, okay, here's, 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 here's what I know, here's what I believe, and so, yep, here, here's a verse that backs up that, here's a verse that backs up that. And, and what ends up happening is we can, we can use Scripture to just make ourselves feel better about ourselves. But this is not what the sword does. The sword peels away. And so it requires an openness and a humility to hear what it is that God is trying to say to us in His Word. Um, it's, it's dangerous in that because there's, there's unknown, there's risk in hearing something that maybe we didn't want God to be saying to us. Maybe there's a truth in Scripture that's hard for us to hear. But it requires that when we come to Scripture that, that we have open hearts to listen and to be molded, to be stripped away, uh, and to be changed. We come at, at our church, we, we come from a long tradition um, of people who do this. I mean, this is how our church was founded. People who, who began to read Scripture and say, this, this is not what I was taught. This is not how I've understood it for, for my whole life. And yet, I believe that this is what God is really saying in His Word. This, I mean, this is, this is where, the, where the Protestant Reformation came from. That somebody went to Scripture and all of a sudden they, they begin to see that the way that I've been living my life has not been what God's, what God's Word says. It doesn't match up. And so the, the question then is, do I, do I continue to live the life that I've been living? Do I continue to live this way? Or do I, do I listen to these words and do I allow it to strip away all of those things? That, that were a part of me and to become something new? Do I allow it to recreate me? It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The scriptures make us aware of what's really going on inside of us. The scriptures expose my selfishness. The scriptures expose my greed. The scriptures expose my pride. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 
when we come with humility to the Scriptures, we come in a way that we're willing to let God show us where we have fallen short. Let God show us what needs to be taken away. Our dreams, maybe. The aspirations that we have for our lives. Our ideologies. All of these things are laid bare before the Word of God. And we come and we find that none of these things that we hold are to ourselves are what God has for us. And, and we're called back again and again to what is it that God is doing in the world? What is it that God would have us to be? Who is it that He would have us to be? And we come before Scripture willing to say, all of these things that I've built up for myself are no longer important. So what do we do with it? How do we do it? How, how is the Scripture, how do we turn the Scriptures on ourselves? How do we allow the Scriptures to shape who we are? Very simple. Read it. We read the Scriptures. Um, it's not enough. It's not enough to just show up on a Sunday morning and hear a, a small portion of Scripture and let that be let let that be how God shapes you for the week. Um, it's it's not enough because what what you end up getting is you you just end up getting little snippets and what you end up getting is is just my interpretation or Pastor Jim's interpretation of of how we're reading God's word and you're not opening yourself up to what is it that God is trying to speak to you what is he trying to say to you Colossians 3 verse 16 says this let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms hymns and songs from the spirit Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let it live in you. That, that we read the scripture in a way that we allow it to take root in our lives. To let it dwell within us. And we do this first and foremost by reading it. And here's, here's the great thing. Remember, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament written in Greek, and, the, and it was written in these languages so that the people could understand it. How many of you understand Hebrew? How many of you understand? Well, Pastor Jim, thanks. <laughs> Just showing off over there. Um, how many of you understand Greek? Yeah, I mean, I, I've taken Hebrew and Greek, and, and it's, it's very limited. But, but the great thing is, we have people who have translated the Bible into English. And we can read it in our language. Uh, early on in the church history, the Bible was translated into Latin. And it stayed in Latin for centuries. It, became this, it, it got to the point where Latin was the official language of the church. Latin was the language of Scripture. And we read the Bible in Latin. And even as people, and it was translated into Latin because that's the language that people were speaking at the time. Nobody understood Hebrew and Greek anymore, so we need to have it in Latin. 
And then it got to the point where nobody was speaking Latin anymore, but they still had the scriptures in Latin. And finally, again, as, as the Reformation starts taking place, people say, we should have the scriptures in German. We should have the scriptures in English. We should, we should have it in a language that we can understand. And there was all this pushback from, from the Roman Catholic Church that says, no, the language of scripture is Latin. And, and finally people said, we're just going to do it. People, people gave their lives to, to have the Bible translated into a language that people could understand. And then, uh, about 400 years ago, the, the Bible was translated into, into the King James. And, and again, people gave their lives in order for this to be read, read and, and understood in the language that people spoke at the time. Most of us don't speak King James English. Yes? Now, this doesn't mean that, that the scripture, that you shouldn't read the King James Bible. What I'm trying to say is, the, the, God has given scripture for us to understand it. And when you read scripture, you should read scripture in a, in a language that you're going to understand it. In a language that you will read it. If, if you will read scripture every day and, and search to understand it in the King James, then, then do it. If you will read scripture every day, and do it uh, in, a, in a paraphrase translation like the message, then, then do it. But if, if, if you're not going to read it in a certain translation, find one that works for you. There, the, the beautiful thing about the English language, there are some languages in the world where they only have one choice. The beautiful thing about us is that we have thousands of translations available to us. We have, we have very literal word-for-word -word translations. We have paraphrases. We have something in between. And the, and the point of it all is that God wants us to understand His Word. He wants us to understand it. And He wants us to be in His Word. So, so find a translation that works for you and read it. Now, we as a church have, have these reading plans in which we read through the Bible, the entire Bible in one year. And this is pretty common, that uh, a one-year reading plan. For some people, this is, this is hard work. And maybe you've set out, I know, I know in my life, there have been many times where I set out to read through Scripture in a year, and I, I pretty much don't make it past Exodus 20-ish. <laughs> if, if I'm lucky. Exodus 20 is, is the Ten Commandments. And then right after that, it gets into the giving of the law, and there's also, and it's, it's it's hard, and and you and especially as you get into Leviticus and you think I got to read six chapters of this and I don't understand any of it all in one day, like you say, well I'll just I'll do it later in the day I got something else and you put it off and oh I missed today I'll do it tomorrow I'll catch up I'll do two days, and then you get to the point where you have uh, 15 16 chapters of Leviticus that you have to read and you just think oh, I can't do it. How many of you this is a familiar experience? All right, good I'm not alone. Um, so, so here's the thing. If it's hard for you to read through Scripture in a year, don't do it. Just read a chapter a day. And I'm giving you permission as your pastor. If you, if you feel the need to skip Leviticus, uh, you can do it. Uh, that doesn't... I mean, you can come back to it later. But... But if here's the thing, if, if you are not, if you're going to try to read through the Bible in a year and you're going to not do it because of something like like Leviticus and you're just going to give up, then, then skip it 
and, and read, read Numbers, read Deuteronomy, move on to the next part. If you've started a Bible reading plan and you think, ah, I got so much to catch up, don't catch up. Just start on, on the day that you're on and pick up from there. Uh, read, read one chapter a day. Read it for five minutes a day. If you read it for five minutes a day, it's much better than reading it for zero minutes a day. So, so find something that's going to work for you. Develop a habit. And maybe as you have been, as you begin to develop a habit and you say, you know what, I, for this, this last year I read it, I read a chapter a day. Maybe you can then say, oh, may, you know what, maybe I'm going to give it a shot. This year I'm going to do, I'm going to do the whole thing in a year. Or this, this year I'm going to try for two chapters a day. Do, the, the important thing here is not how much can I read, can I, can I do it all. Is am I doing it at all? Am I in God's word to, for for the scriptures to be a sword uh, to penetrate to work to shape our lives? We need to be reading them. Talk to people about what you're reading. Find somebody that's going to do it with you, and say, "Okay, you and I, we're both going to read a chapter a day." And, and at the end of every day, we um, are going to talk to each other about what we just read. We're going to ask questions about it. We're going to have a discussion. Maybe, maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a friend. Uh, find somebody that's going to keep you accountable and that you can do uh, your reading with. Share what you learn. Share it with, share it with somebody. Find somebody. The, the Colossians 3 passage said that it's useful for teaching um, 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's, it's useful for teaching. And this is not just useful for teaching for pastors. I mean, it is useful for us. But uh, it's useful for you as well, that you are learning something as you read God's Word, and that you can take what you've learned and share it with somebody else. That you have the ability to teach others what God has been teaching you. And then uh, James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And this, this is the second side of what we do when we read scripture. This is how the sword works on us. Um, that we don't just read and say, say, look how great it is. I read the entire Bible in a year. Look at me. I feel so good about myself, myself that I was able to do this. This is not the point of reading Scripture, that we just, that we just read it and read it and read it so that we can, we can, hold it, we can get stickers on our, on our chart or we can feel good about ourselves, but that we allow the Scriptures to shape our actions, that we allow them to shape who we are becoming, that we allow God's word as alive and active to, to be alive and active within us. So as we, as we read, as we learn, do we do it? Do we actually put it into practice, these things that we've, we've been learning? And this, this is the challenge of Scripture. Do we read it and do we respond to it? And, and there are some people who will say, well, I know what God's word says, and so I'm just going to live my life 
knowing what it says, but they don't actually read to learn what God's Word actually says. They just have an idea. And there are other people on the other side of things that say, um, I really, you know, I'm, I'm reading God's Word and, and this is good, but, but when you look at their lives, it's not doing anything within them. And both have to happen. We need to be reading. We need to allow God's Word is alive and active to work in our lives. And as it works in our lives, it shapes the kind of person that we are becoming. That we become the kind of church who, as Bereans, this, I mean, this is who we are. Acts chapter 17 talks about the Berean church, that they went and they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. And then they respond to it. And this, this is our challenge as Bereans today. Do we go and do we search the scriptures? Do we, do we read them so that we ourselves can be changed? And as we do so, are we then being changed? Do we become the church who only reads? Or do we become the church who reads and then does? And lives lives according to the scriptures? That we allow God's word, his creating, his recreating, his saving word to work within us, to shape us, to change us, to mold us, to strip away all of those things that are not from Him? Do we allow it to penetrate who we are? To pull it all away so that we become more and more like Him? Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for... um, a church family that is committed to reading and to knowing the scriptures. And we ask now as we go from here, may we seek to know you more. May we seek to understand this revelation that you've given us. And God, may we, as we read your scriptures, open ourselves to allow your word to judge thoughts and attitudes of our heart. God, expose what is hidden. Lay it bare before us so that we become more and more like you. Pray this in your name. Father, we pray for Marat and Smish. We just ask that you protect them, keep them safe, and use them as they are serving you around the world. Pray this in your name. Amen. Hallelujah.